0: If you want to turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 12. We're going to look at the reason uh, that we all need Jesus. and, And you'll see it here because we all have this one similar problem. We have three simple truths. We're going to be looking at God's word. We're going to start at verse 33 go down through that section if you'd stand in honor of God's word I'd like to read it to you God's word says this Jesus speaking I either make the tree good and its fruit good or make the tree bad and its fruit bad for the tree is known by its fruit you brood of vipers how can you speak good when you're evil For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you that on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned." God, I ask you to bless our time, help us to focus in on these important truths, help us to understand uh, how much we need Jesus, and it's in his name we pray, amen. You may be seated. So last, a couple weeks ago when we were in this last passage, we looked at the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, where the Pharisees came and they saw an amazing miracle and these religious leaders, kids, these ones that were supposedly so righteous, and so they were leaders in the religious community, they came and they didn't like Jesus. And so they accused him of doing miracles by Satan, that by Satan's power that they would, that Jesus was doing miracles. Obviously, it was not true. They knew it not to be true. But instead of following after Jesus, they chose to accuse him of something awful and a lie uh, in and of itself. And so as they did this, uh, Jesus follows up uh, with talking to them about this sin by questioning them personally and, and talking about their condition. And the thing I want to tell you is that this is everyone's condition apart from Jesus every one of us. And so as we look at this, uh, hopefully it'll tell you a little bit about yourself and how we need Jesus. The first simple truth that we need to look at is a uh, good tree, good fruit, bad tree, bad fruit. It's simple. Uh, we have this... Uh, apple-like tree at our house. Uh, We moved into this house a couple years ago, and there are all kinds of trees planted. And there's this one tree. It's an apple, kind of an apple tree. It's probably a crab apple type tree. And, you know, being a good German like I am, I see a fruit tree. There's fruit on it. You you don't question. You just grab it and you start eating. Um, And it tastes awful it tastes awful. Um, you know, it's, it's only good to throw at the dog. You know, it's not something that uh, you would want to eat. And yet uh, it, it's real simple. And, and fruit is like that, right? You can tell uh, about fruit. And if a tree has fruit on it, even if you don't know what kind of tree it is, you can pick the fruit, taste it, and you can tell a lot about the tree by the fruit. And it's a simple thing. You know, lemons don't grow on apple trees, right? It's real simple. You don't have to be um, someone who's an arborist to know uh, all the things. You, had. you don't have to go to college or study. You can just see a tree and the fruit that will tell you about the tree. And Jesus, as he's talking about the Pharisees, and, and he, he wants to connect something that's so simple. Uh, even the smallest children can get it. If there's a, a, a good tree, it will produce good fruit. And if there's a bad tree, it will produce bad fruit. As it's written here in verse 33, it's in the balance, isn't it? It's in the balance. It's, it is a question of whether the tree will be a good tree that will produce good fruit, or whether it will be a bad tree and produce bad fruit. It's not. Uh, it's not something that Jesus is saying to them. You're a bad tree. There's nothing you can do about it. You're you're going to be bad forever. Or you're a good tree, and you're just going to produce good fruit no matter what. But it's in the balance. It's there's a question of what kind of tree it will become. What will it be made? Um, and we'll get to the reason for that, um, and I'll tell you the, the secret. It's Jesus, um, but. Um, which even young kids could have figured out in church. I I had a trick question. She thought it was Jesus uh, at the surprise box. I was off my game this morning. I don't know what I was doing. Um, I was talking to a local local man who uh, owns an orchard here in town, and he was explaining to me about his orchard. And he says it's really simple. It's really simple, Kevin. Just buy the best trees, the, the the best small trees, and plant them, and take care of them, and they'll produce good fruit. And sometimes we think that the two aren't connected. We think that there's somehow a, a secret or some kind of shortcut you can take. We may think that steps don't matter. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> As uh, as we consider this, it's it's real simple. Good trees produce good fruit. Bad trees produce bad fruit. And if you can think about this, it's in the balance. So buy the best trees and take care of them, and they will produce good fruit. Good trees, good fruit. Bad trees, bad fruit. The second simple truth, uh, kids, as you as you're thinking about about this, is good and bad. Good and bad words and actions come from your heart. Good and bad actions and words come from your heart. Uh, God's word says this. Jesus spoke to these. He says, you brood of vipers. You brood of vipers. Uh, John the Baptist used this when they were coming to be baptized with them, thinking that they were going to get something from him. And and John the Baptist points to them. He says, "You brood of vipers!" And Jesus picks up the same line and and he uses this about the Pharisees. He says, "You brood of vipers!" This is not a compliment. If someone calls you a brood of vipers, you know, if I said here this morning, you brood of vipers, that's not a nice thing. It may sound like a, a fast car or something like that, um, but Jesus was not complimenting them. He was referring to poisonous snakes that they would have all all have known about the, from the place where the the Bible takes place in that area. They had these snakes that they referred to as vipers, and they were poisonous. And And the idea of a snake is something, um, if, if you wouldn't know about snakes, you'd think they were kind of cool. And some of you do think they're cool, and that's really weird, by the way. You see a snake, and, and they're 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 fairly quiet. They're slithering. You know, they they don't look all that impressive, and they got a tongue, and they're doing this thing, and and it seems like a good idea. Everything seems to be fine, except for the fact that in a moment, in a surprise, they kind of lower you, and then they attack. And and the picture here is of this deadly poisonous snake, and Jesus. Uh, refers to the Pharisees um, and really probably all the religious leaders of that day. And he says, You brood of vipers. And you say, Well, what does that mean? Well, he's looking at them and he says, You may look harmless. You may look harmless. You may uh, kind of be sneaky in the way that you come in, but you're deadly. You're, you're killers. You're killers. And you say, well, what was it about this group of Pharisees? What what was it about them? Who were they? Well, they were self-righteous people. They were thinking that they could be good in and of themselves. And they liked to obey. They made lists of things that they were going to obey. They liked to wear fancy clothes and and. and Feel holy in the of themselves and put that on other people that you need to act like me. You need to be like us. You need to follow our rules. You need to follow in the same traditions that we do. And he, he looks at that and he circles it and he says, you brood of vipers. You see, these people were about personal power. They're about greed. They're about pride. And you say, well, those things don't seem all that bad. They are. They are. They're the sins that separate the followers of Jesus Christ from those who don't. It's it's a mark of of God's people is that we are not those things. That that He changes us from being those things to something different. You brood of vipers. And then He asks this question in verse 34. If you can see it down there, kids. He says, How can you speak good... When you're evil. And, and the picture here is this, kids, that he, he's pointing to that which comes out of your mouth. How can you speak good? How can the, the words that come out of your life and out of your heart, how can they be good when that which is inside is evil? That's the problem. That's the problem for everyone apart from Jesus. Is that our heart is bad and it's the source of that which comes out of our mouth. It's the beginning place of our actions. Uh, sometimes we look surprised. Have you ever said something that uh, was wrong? Uh, maybe it was perverse, maybe it was a bad word, maybe it was, I, I don't know. You said something, and then you kind of startle, look around, and you go, where'd that come from? Th- this passage tells us where that came from. It was not from someplace floating out there. A- as you look to God's Word, you look down at it, um, you can find it here. As Jesus was talking to the these ones, he says, "How can you speak what is good when your heart is evil?" And then he says, "This for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That our words and actions have a source. It's our heart. It's our heart. And and this is the problem. This is the problem." Have any of you ever tried to clean up your speech? I have. I have. Uh, I realized some things that I was saying were inappropriate. And, and, and so you say, well, I'll just, I'll just fix it. I'll just fix it. Because I'm smart enough. I'm disciplined. And I know how to do things. I, I just will fix my words. The problem is this. That we swap words out. We say things that uh, mean the same thing, but still come from the same source. And it's hard. It's, it, it feels like it's impossible. Why? Because those words have a source. And for the Pharisees, the words proceeded from their mouth. These accusations, these lies, this pride, this self-righteousness, it flowed from their mouth. It, it came out. And it wasn't just words. It wasn't just words. Uh, It was much deeper than that. It was the issue of their heart. He says the abundance, the outgrowth or the overflow of your heart will eventually come out in your words. If you want to speak better, uh, if you want to be different in your speech and your actions, there has to be something done to your heart. Think about that this morning. Some of us are trying to change in various ways. We know that God wants us to change. I want to tell you that the source is not your actions. It's not behavior modification. It's the issue of our heart. Um, Jesus, uh, then points to the natural condition of their heart, which was evil. This is the thing. and It's an issue of parenting too, isn't it? For you, those you parents out there, um, what's wrong with your kid? It's not just their actions. It's not just their actions. If I could only get them to do this, if I could only uh, get them to stop fighting, if I could only get them to pick up the things in their room, it's not an issue of their behavior As much as it is an issue of their heart. This is where the work needs to go on. And so that should be your target. And I want to tell you that uh, it goes back to why we all need Jesus. Why parents need Jesus. Why kids need Jesus. Why grandparents need Jesus. Because it's an issue of the heart. In verse 35... uh, Jesus is speaking about this same issue and he says, says it a little bit different way. He says a good uh, person, the good persons out of his good treasure brings forth good. The picture here is this, that that which is inside our emotions, our thoughts, our ambitions, that's our treasure. That that's the things that people can't see. And if that's good, and if God has done a work through Jesus there, the outgrowth of that will be good. But if that which is inside our ambitions, our thoughts, our feelings, the things that uh, are inside of us, that treasure, if that treasure is evil, guess what comes forth from there as well? Evil. Evil. It will come out. And there is not a disconnect from that which is inside to that which comes outside. Sure, we can play a game. We can act. It's always a, a, a discouraging thing, kids, when you realize that, that on TV or if you go to a play, that those are just actors, Those are just actors. There's a stage. There's a setting. There's lights. There's there's a making you feel like they're actually that person. But really, they're a different person. And they can act for a moment. But if you'd follow them around, if you'd hear their voice, if you'd watch their actions, you'd realize the person that they are. Because the, the treasure of that which is inside will come outside. It is not that which comes out that determines it. It's that which is inside and then it eventually follows suit and comes out. The abundance of the heart uh, the mouth speaks. Your words are formed in your heart. They're formed in your heart waiting to come out. Waiting to come out. So The second point I want to give you this this morning is good and bad come from within your heart. The third point goes like this. Uh, It matters what comes out of your mouth, your heart, and your life. It matters. It matters. As you think about this, uh, the Pharisees had stuff going on in their heart and it came out... It came out in accusations against Jesus. It came out in, in lies and, and pointing and putting him down and in trying to embarrass him and even accusing him of working, doing his miracles and the power of Satan. In verse 36 it says this, I tell you that on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they speak. Uh, I I think about this whole idea and there's so many phrases that come to mind, uh, that, that words can't hurt or someone will, will be talking and they'll get caught and they'll say, well, I was just saying, I was just saying, uh, you say, you know, uh, you know you're you're terrible at this. You're I, I don't like the way you do this. This is, I, but I was just saying. But I was just saying. You know, meaning that these are just words. It wasn't a big deal. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And Jesus uh, points to the Pharisees and shows us as well that your words matter. Your words matter. That your words. Words seem to be something unimportant. Uh, it, it, it's different. It, and I think what he's doing here is stepping back from actions. He's saying if you hit somebody, he's not saying if you hit somebody, right? He's saying if you speak, if you speak. Uh, some of you say, well, hitting, you know, that, that, if you punch somebody, that, that's an action. But words are not actions. And he says, yes, they are. They originate in your heart. And he says, these careless words will come into judgment. And then he says this in verse 37. He says, for by your words you will be justified, or by your words you will be condemned. We're justified. uh, we, We connect that real quickly to salvation, that you are right, that you are good, that you're in good standing. He says, by your words, you can see that in good standing. Or the idea of being condemned is that that being judged, in a sense. the, The idea that you are condemned and found guilty. You're found guilty either by your words, or you're found innocent, or justified, or found right by your words. And you say, so it just matters what we say. No, that's not the point. Jesus has already connected the source of our words. And as you see this, just uh, one writer said it like this justification and condemnation are not produced by words or deeds, but they are manifested by them. They're manifested by them. If you want to wonder how you're doing in the Lord, ask the question how are my words? How are my words? How are my actions? The things that I'm doing. The things that I'm saying. The things that I'm doing. Because those give an indication of where your heart is. They, they tell us. They're, they're the um, putting the thermometer in your mouth and they take your temperature to see if you're sick or not. Why? Because it tells. Our words and our actions tell. And it matters what comes out of your mouth, your heart, and your life matters <clears throat> um, I know that we've all said this probably before we've seen someone do uh, horrible actions we've, we've listened to people and they've said unkind and mean things and, and we dismissed them by saying this one thing oh but they have a good heart they have a good heart I want to tell you that that's not what Jesus says. Jesus connects the two and says, those words indicate there's a problem in their heart. Those actions indicate there's a problem in your heart. I want to tell you, parents, do not dismiss the behavior of your kids. Do not pat yourself on the back and say, hey, but they've got a good heart. You know, they... They just lit the neighbor's house on fire, but they've got a good heart. They've got a good heart. Uh, No, those actions are connected to the heart. And there's something wrong in their heart. When we find ourselves saying wrong things and doing wrong things, don't dismiss it and say, yeah, but I've got a good heart. You, You may have good intentions. You may have... The idea that you want to do what's right. But there's something wrong in your heart that stops you from doing it. As we look at this this morning, I have three landing points that maybe will be helpful for us as we consider why we need Jesus. And I hope you've already figured it out. Why do do we need Jesus? Because we can't change our heart. We cannot change our heart. We can't do it. And you say, yeah, but I'm I'm really disciplined. Um, Your discipline won't be enough. Won't be enough. Yeah, but I'm kind of an easygoing guy. I'm kind of a chiller. You know, I just kind of hang out and everything. I'm I'm easygoing. I I can go with the flow. Won't help. Won't help. You need Jesus to change your heart. Three things. Uh, First one is, Your words and your deeds tell the condition of your heart. Your words and your deeds tell the condition of your heart. Number two, change comes from a change of heart. Change comes from a change of heart. And lastly, Jesus is the heart changer. Jesus is the heart changer. As you look at the book of Matthew, um, you'll see over and over again where the Pharisees' system will not work. Legalism, self-righteousness, pride, greed will not work. It will not work. And Jesus is presenting himself as a king that says, I can change your heart. Please join with me in prayer. Father God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the blessing of being before your word. Uh, God, I ask that you would mark us uh, and and teach us and remind us that we need a change of heart. And that only comes from Jesus. God, I ask that uh, if there's someone here this morning who doesn't know you, Your son, Jesus, has not been washed and cleaned and justified. Lord, I pray that today that they would see their need for Jesus and cry out to him, asking to be saved, asking to be cleansed of their sins, and to become a new person in their heart. God, thank you for this morning. Glorify yourself and your church. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for being here today. You are dismissed.